Before we go on, let's take a moment and pray and usher in the presence of the Holy Spirit even more than it's already here. Um, usher in the presence of courage for those who have a testimony and God is putting on their heart to share, but maybe there's a fear that's holding them back. So, Father, we give this service to you because that's what this is. Testimony is about showing what you've done in our lives, giving you back the glory. It's not about us. It's not about what we've overcome. It's not about what we've accomplished, but it's about what you've done inside of us, what you've done inside of us that then reflects your glory, your goodness, your passion, your love, your mercy, and everything to the world around us. Father, I pray for a spirit of courage to fill this place for every feet, for every person who, who will know that they have a story, Father, that they have a testimony. God, I pray for courage for that one person who knows that they're supposed to share their testimony but is scared. God, we pray just for every story and every testimony that's going to be shared here today that there will be a, a sense of freedom that comes as they share. God, that a presence that your, that your presence, Holy Spirit, that you will fill every single one of us, that the words that come out of our mouth, again, don't point to us, but they point to you. Thank you for the opportunity for, for us to come together and share what you've done in our lives. In your name we pray, amen. So this is kind of different. We've never really done this before. Um, we've, this is our testimony service. And as I've been sitting there, I've been thinking, like, what does this mean? Because it's kind of intimidating. You hear the word testimony, and you, you don't really know what to expect. You don't really know what to do. Um, but a testimony can be what God is doing in your life right now, what God has done in your life in the past. But the most important part that I've learned is that it is what God is doing. It reflects what God has done, what he is doing, and what he will do. So the spotlight isn't on you, it's on what God has done. So if that's a reason why you're not going to come up and share, well, that's great because it's not about you. It's about God. And so it could, be, it could be a longer testimony, it could be a shorter testimony. There's really no boundaries in this. There's no right or wrong answer. There's no right or wrong testimony. This is an open place. This is a place where you have the freedom to share and, and talk about what God has done. And so before Stephanie comes up, I'm going to open up the floor a little bit. And so like, you know, practice what you preach kind of thing. I'm up here telling y'all to share your testimony. I guess I probably should too. Um, I'm going to talk about the last few months. So to be honest, after having Genevieve and even right before having Genevieve, I was functioning in a pretty dry spiritual place, like kind of just functioning out of what little I had, like I'd come on Sunday mornings, get filled up, and I totally confess that that's how I was functioning. Like, and I'd study for my lessons on Wednesday and like all of that kind of stuff, and I just felt really dry. Like I wasn't in a place where I felt like, honestly, I didn't feel like I even deserved to be pastoring the way I was. Um, and then January came, and uh, I've seen... I have this like new sense of hunger for the Lord. And like I woke up one day and all of a sudden I was like, all I want to do is just read my Bible. Like I just want to get into his word. So ironically, I started in Deuteronomy. 
I don't know why. But that was the book that, like, God's like, you read a lot of the New Testament. Like, go learn some stuff in the Old Testament. And as I've been reading, and I just keep coming back to the Israelites, and the first chapter is all about them, like, wandering the desert. And then the second chapter I just have been studying, and it's like they're telling this story. And, like, the more I read and the more I get into the Word of God, the more excited I am. And so, like, watching... God transformed this dead, really burnt out soul into something that's coming alive and like watching it pour into like Wednesday nights and our youth group and like seeing them all come alive and seeing what God is going to do in that and watching it revamp like even me being here on stage. Like I got to be honest, three months ago, if I had been told that I was going to start opening this up, I probably would have told you, I'm not in a place to do that. But now, like, watching God work in the last few months of him reigniting a light inside of me that's not because I'm a pastor, and it's not because I'm leading teenagers, and it's not because I'm a mom, and it's not because I'm a wife, but it's because he loves me, and it's because he desires a relationship with me aside from all my titles, and first and foremost, that's the most important thing I can do. If I'm going to be a good pastor, if I'm going to be a good wife, if I'm going to be a good mom, and I don't put God first, that all doesn't matter. I have to put him first. So over the last few weeks, learning more, leading up to the service, like I wake up and I have 30 minutes and I've got to be real, I really want to watch my Netflix show. You know, because it's like 30 minutes of time by myself. But instead I've been like, no, that's 30 minutes that I could like open my Bible and 30 minutes I could get into the presence of the Lord because I'm going to be a better mom throughout the day if I do that. So whatever your story is, we're going to open up the floor. Uh, Jamel and I will be around. Stephanie, if you want to come forward and share, you can. If you're, like, not comfortable about coming to the front, that's okay. We can come to you. But I want to encourage you all to, to share what God has been doing in your life and to show what he has done. All right, so I was, uh, I was born on a Sunday, and I think that's pretty prophetic for me because on that Sunday, um, God marked my life for him. And so I light this candle to represent my life. With Prince matches, by the way. <laughs> woo, woo. I would die for you. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was born uh, two months early. And so from the very beginning, the enemy was out to get me. He was trying to take my flame away um, right out of the gate. And by God's divine intervention and providence, I am here today. <laughs> um, and so I am a, a miracle even as I stand before you because being born in 1969, there weren't as many amazing uh, interventions as there are now. They didn't know back then what they know now. And, and so uh, I spent a lot of the time in the hospital with nurses um, instead of my parents. And, and so that led to uh, attachment disorder and different things like that, just building from a very young age uh, struggles in my life. But God was determined because he marked me and, and when he said, let there be life, he meant it. Um, um, and as life happens, um, the enemy comes in and he seeks to uh, devour like a lion those that he can. Um, but not this girl. Not this girl. At the age of eight, I gave my life to the Lord um, at Bethlehem Baptist Church. And um, I love the saints at Bethlehem and am thankful for all the ways that they sowed into my life at a young age. Um, I started going there because a neighbor picked me up and took me to church. So don't underestimate the influence that you have when you go pick up somebody else's kids and you bring them to church. In fact, I challenge you, find somebody else's kids and bring them to church, but then also work upstairs. Don't just bring them to church and leave the people by themselves. <laughs> they need help. Uh, but yes, um, I'm a product of that. And it really led to my whole family getting involved in church, which was really um, everything about how God saved me and rescued me. Because in my teen years, um, my teen years were filled with, you know, depression and uh, rejection and and unfortunately, um, sexual abuse. And so I had a lot of darkness surrounding me all the time. Um, and, and I had a choice in those years um, to follow God or turn away from God. And so um, I didn't do this in my teen years. I, I did this in my adult life. But I... My mother-in-law is an artist, bless her heart. Um, she, and I mean that in the good way, not the other way. And, uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and so um, I, we were at her house, um, and she invited me to her art class. And I've always been drawn to art, but never really had the courage to do it. And so she kind of gave me permission to kind of step out and explore that part of myself even more. And so I did a mixed media piece while I was at her house. And I just began first by cutting pictures out of a magazine. And I had no real clue why I was cutting them out. But there's a baby. There's a sunshine. There's a leaf. There's a horse. There's this really obscure naked man with a sword um, and lava. 
And then I did some oil pastels um, along with that of kind of like a palm tree. And I was making this. I really didn't know what it was going to be. I just was going with the flow, which is pretty fun. And when I got done, I, I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. But it wasn't even until, man, a couple of years later, I looked at it and I'm like, oh, my God, that's my, that's my testimony. <laughs> I didn't even know it. You know, and so you can see the baby and how parts of the baby are cut away. You know, you can see that this sword is going up, you know, toward the baby. Um, and that just kind of represents all the things that have kind of come against me in my life. Um, and the lava, you know, which is just, it, it's in those places of suffering and darkness that, that we have a chance to find out who God is, to discover the real nature of his heart and his character and his love for us. And so um, just the, the, the fire of hard times, but also the fire of his presence. And all of that um, leads to, you know, this stallion coming out, you know, uh, with, with strength and authority and power. Um, and then this tree um, uh, that, that has, I don't really know how deep roots uh, a palm tree has, but we're going to pretend they have really deep roots. And, and it all comes out um, uh, for the glory of God and for um, his to tell his story of what he does to rescue us and to hold us and to carry us. And so um, in my teen years, when I decided to just dive into God instead of running away from him because everything didn't make sense, I felt completely alone, completely unloved, completely uh rejected and abandoned by both of my parents and um, just floundering, you know, and, and all alone, except that my church was there holding my hand. They were there praying for me. They were there. And, and because of that, um, I, I was able to, to, to press on and to press into a faith that is able to sustain me, that a faith that is able to sustain us, that I was able to learn that when I go, when I find myself in the midst of darkness, that Jesus is there, that, that that's the place that I really find him. Not, I find him in the light, yes, but, but I understand and know him so much more in the darkness in the depths of the pain and the suffering that I, I guess, had the opportunity to endure. And that takes a lot of healing to be able to say that. Um, and so it was in that that God was marking me and, and making me into the pastor and the minister that, that he was calling me to be. And, and even... In the midst of that, um, shaping and forming my understanding of who he is and how he, he comes to meet us um, when we need him most. And so I could offer a hope because I've needed that hope and that hope has come to rescue me. And I'm sure you've been through some hard times too. 
And it's in those times that we also kind of get stripped down to the very core of who we are. And it's in those places that we can learn that I am crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so I'm thankful that I faced those dark times and I was able to turn to God instead of away from God. And you know, the devil, he would have, he would have determined to take my life and he, he still determines to take my life and blow it out. And even pour it out. And the good news is that Christ in me will not allow that to happen. The good news is that when the enemy comes like a storm, God comes even stronger with the fire. And he breaks in. And he puts back together what has been torn apart. With, and he knits it back together and he sews it back together with his love, with his truth, with his nature. And it's in those times that you learn to pursue God in those dark times. You learn what being a Christian is all about. Because if in those dark times you don't learn to praise him, then you're going to be missing part of your warfare because worship is the warfare. Worship is how we win battles because we honor him, we praise him, we lift him up. And when we do that, he comes and picks us up. It's in that time when we can put on our sunglasses and when the darkness comes, we're going to be all right. And it's in those times when we learn that if we commit ourselves to the Lord, that he will have our hearts all the days of our lives. And every day we just got to get up again. And on the days we miss it, when we realize we missed it, we just got to get up again and devote ourselves to the Lord. Because through my life and through my story, he's, he's told me, he told me to wear all these rings, which I do not wear all of them at the same time. <laughs> but he's like, put them all on. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and he said, it's because you're the sparkle in my eye. And he's, he's told me that I'm a rose in his garden. And he's told me that I have his heart. And all of that, I would never be able to hear that, never be able to understand that, never be able to know that. If I hadn't taken the time in those dark places to get into the secret place, which was my source of help. It's in the secret place, in the tears, in the, in the weeping, in the mourning, in the lamenting, that I've discovered everything that the Bible talks about. That we have the promises and the love 
and the power and the authority in Christ. And so he keeps us in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on the Lord. And so every day I do my best. Sometimes I get a, I do it well, and other days I don't. <laughs> and thank God he is faithful, even when I'm not. And so praise God for being the one who rescues. He is a good, good father. And I pray that you know him as your good, good father. series we had you guys grab bags if you have them great you can use them if you don't like me totally cool because I gotta be real I didn't do it I forgot <laughs> so that 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 holds no weight on on you sharing um, your testimony and where you're at and what God has been doing and is doing in your can share my testimony. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I have my paper bag because <coughs> I was the kid that always did her homework because I'm so worried about what everybody thinks. I want to please everybody. So give me a paper bag. Tell me to put stuff in it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> Good job. Um, but <laughs> this, uh, <laughs> this series has been really good. Um, God's been speaking to me. And I remember... I don't know if it was the first week or not, but uh, Matt talked about the garden. I find my little things I have in here. Yeah, he talked about the garden and how God said, who told you you need to be ashamed? Who told you you were naked? Who told you to be ashamed? I never heard it taught that way before, and I was like, wow. And Matt said, you might even have a name of somebody that told you to be ashamed, and I did. Man, that, that same week, uh, somebody had said some ugly things about my family because of our ministry with Muslims, and it really hurt. Um, and so when Matt said, who told you to be ashamed? I was like, that person? <laughs> yep, I got a name for that one. But... Uh, 
and this is this is our peace catalyst card. This is our ministry that Martin and I do together to just to invite Muslims to read the word with us and you know seek God together. And some people don't like it, but um, God said to me, "Who told you you should be ashamed?" You know. So I said, "Okay, Lord." Not going to be ashamed of that one. And then uh, another week, Jamel talked about Joseph. Let me just get all this stuff out so I can get to it. Jamel talked about Joseph in the Old Testament. And I never heard this before either, that Joseph, when he told his dreams, he didn't do anything wrong. God gave him those dreams, and I'd always heard it taught that, you know, Joseph was bragging, and he shouldn't have done that, like it was, like victims do so often, well, it's my fault, and my husband and I have this joke that everything's my fault, I do that sometimes, um, dreams, if God's given you a dream, you can share it, and I feel like I finally found a church where I can live my dreams, and not be ashamed and not be, you know, embarrassed. Um, so this is my artist card. And for years, uh, I was not going to get emotional. But anyway, for years, it's like there's been a voice saying, who do you think you are? You're not an artist. But God said, I gave you that dream. And uh, so Jamel let me know through the spirit. We don't have to be ashamed of, of speaking our dreams and, and living them. And so I'm, I'm living into this dream stuff. And uh, so he, here's a part of it. Um, I had a birthday in February, and I got this Buca de Beppo coupon in the mail. And um, there's this, it's for this, what was it called? Colossal chocolate brownie sundae thing. And uh, I thought about this the other day, and um, yeah, the, I thought, oh man, it's March now, I bet I don't get to use my coupon because it expired. Uh, but then I looked at it, and it didn't expire till the end of March, so we went, she said, it's missing. Um, and Jamel preached that, no, that was Matt. Matt preached that we not only did Jesus come to forgive us of our sins, but he came to set us free. And this colossal brownie Sunday was absolutely free. That was a $15 dessert, and I got it for absolutely free. And isn't that like God? And the thing was huge. They brought this huge serving spoon to just me and Martin, and there's no way we could eat it all. And that's like God with us. He just lavishes his love and his grace on us and it's free but with God it never expires right so um, living into the freedom and love that God God gives um, and and just one more little thing about his protection I have the the privilege of taking my little granddaughters to school once or twice a week I was on Westport Road the other day both the babies strapped into their car seats in the back and if you know Westport Road at 8 o'clock in the morning it's busy and this lady, I don't know what she was thinking. I was just going straight down the road, no stoplight, nothing. Pulls right out in front. I have to slam on my brakes. 
and the car behind me slammed, and it should have been like a five-car pileup. But nothing happened. And I just said, thank you, Jesus, we didn't have a wreck. And my little granddaughter just said, can you open my applesauce, please? <laughs> I was like, thank you, God, that the little girls aren't shaking up, because I sure am, but thank you, God. I've been rear-ended three times in three different cars, and I was ready for it again, but God protected us. So I just want to praise him, and uh, I love this church, and I thank you, Matt and Jamel, for the awesome series that we've had. Thank you, Susan, for sharing. Did you guys share? <laughs> you want to share? Do you want to come up here or you want me to come to you? All right. Hello. Hang on. Um, I started... Uh, dealing with depression like severely, severely, about 13, 14 years old. For some reason I just, you know, I couldn't figure out who I was, why I was so different, um, didn't fit in, sorry, um, didn't fit in, um, like I said, different and just always sad, you know, I just always wanted to cry. Um, <laughs> this continued on for 20 plus years to the point to where, like, I would actually, <clears throat> instead of praying for God to heal me and make things better, I would pray that I would die, you know, while I was asleep or just sometime throughout the day. There was, um, you know, several reasons for that. You know, I had a um, maybe not a good relationship with father, other things that happened in my past. Um, and like most people that go through traumatic things, you know, I turned to drugs and alcohol. And I started drinking at the age of uh, 14. And I'm talking like every day when I, before I go to school, I'd be drinking. Even now, and I'm still not to the point, um, you know, where I want to be in my life and my relationship with God. But because of God and because of his mercy, I'm still here. Also because of God, he allowed me to see a different perspective. I've ran into so many people in my walks of life that, you know, that's either still on drugs and uh, just think that they're worthless or alcohol and that they're worthless or they've been, you know, molested or something and they're worthless. But because I've been through those same similar things, I can talk to those people and it's not me. I don't read my Bible. I'm not at church every single Sunday. I'm not at Bible study every single Sunday. It's only because of God. God always provides me with the words that's needed at that time. And it gives me peace and comfort to do that. And so, kind of going back to what George said earlier, we don't have to have it all together. I darn sure don't. 
darn sure don't. I have my flaws, and you know, sometimes uh, every now and again, not so much anymore, but I still get depressed every now and again. But not every day. And it's not every week. And it may not be there every month. It may be once a year now, but you know, it's every, it gets farther and farther each time. So I'm just thankful that he restores. I'm thankful for his understanding too. And I'm more thankful than anything that he loves me where I am because I, it's not because I deserve it. We don't want to stop you guys from sharing your testimony. Mike, I can't with this. I can't. I can't. Like, it's okay if I'm not on camera for five seconds. I did do my hair, though. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, but respecting you guys' time, we're, we are going to move on into a time of prayer. And, and it's going to look a little bit different. Instead of having people up here, we're actually going to pray together as a church body. Um, so group up in like three, four people, people around you. And you can pray for one another. But also, like, I want to challenge you all to spend time praising God for what he's done. Because I feel like that's I don't know, there's something in the atmosphere today of like pray, like praise, like celebration. Testimonies are celebratory. Like, Tashaun, you just shared that you're not depressed every day. Like, that's something to celebrate. Like, praise God. Like, praise God. Susan, like, you're, you're discovering passions and you're chasing your dreams. Like, praise God. And Stephanie, like, you have your, your story and your calling and you're proud of it. Like, praise God. Like, praise God. So I'm not saying if you group up in, like, four people that every single person needs to pray. I understand that not everybody's comfortable praying out loud. But I would encourage you to get in a group and maybe just one person pray, but also praise God for what he's done in our lives. Because at the end of the day, no matter where we're at, no matter where we're at in our relationship with God, we have something to be celebratory for. And he has done good work in us. And there's no denying that. So we're going to take the next five minutes. And we're just going to group up. And we're going to praise God for what he's done. Just group up, come on together. And even if they didn't share, the person in your groups have a testimony, man. Just pray. Pray for them. 
so kind.